You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archaeosoup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archaeosoup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archaeosoup, you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot. Archaeology, discussion, humour and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our hearty helping of Archeo Soup. Hello, good afternoon, Liv. It's a pleasure to have you back again. Hello, thank you. Hello. Um, it's nice to see you. You too. Indeed, it's it's always a pleasure to see to see each other. Uh, now, I have to say, um, today's topic is one which I find fascinating, and it's one which is, I imagine, going to be rather emotive to many people, especially in Scandinavia. And that is basically, we're talking about uh, some news articles that have been doing the rounds, talking about the possibility that in Norse or Viking armies, there was up to fifty percent of the soldiers um, were women. And uh, this is this is a percentage which not only seems to be a little bit questionable in terms of um, the application of this in in this in this particular instance, this claim, but also as well one which has slightly bothered you. Um, and um, I thought it'd be worthwhile having a bit of a chat about it. So, um, do you want to just sort of explain to the boys and girls at home um, what this claim is first of all? Well, it was a news article that uh, was based on a scientific paper that was posted a few years ago. Uh, the paper in itself says that uh, they have found uh, Viking burials with women in them and uh, they have found uh, typical warrior gear among one of the or a few of these uh, women graves and in the article they claim that maybe a third of the women or the people coming over to England and Wales uh, during the Viking age were females and this new article has, uh, or blog post rather, have put it out to be 50% women were warriors. Right, okay, so, so, the, initial so the initial research was more about the people who, who were migrating and diaspora, yeah. right. Whereas this, this blog post and, and subsequent sort of claims in other areas is seems to be taking that figure, expanding it and applying it to warriors. Now, um, why is this a problem? I mean, um, I, I, I I think I know the answer, but weren't women sometimes allowed on the battlefield? I mean, isn't that true? Yeah, yeah of course they probably were. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we find uh, the same gear in uh, some of the female graves that we find in uh, male graves that are typically labelled as warriors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but the problem with this uh, with this blog post is. For one thing, it's obviously reinterpreting the article in itself rather crudely, mm. which makes the claim in itself lose value, uh, and it has gained opposition from uh, rather political sides that claims that takes this crude interpretation and makes it in like, oh, they're lying. Mm. Mm. Uh, women can't be warriors. Mm. Is the one extreme, and one extreme goes. Of course, they can be. Of course, fifty percent were women. Uh, so it just it doesn't take the archaeology into concern, really. Mm. Mm. And if we look at the 
biking research area overall, we have a long line of research researching female positions and uh, in society, in biking society, which shows that women had a strong position in society uh, and you don't need to spice up the facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. And that's, that's a very good point. I mean, um, you know, you know me long enough to know that I have a particular passion and interest in this period. Yeah. And um, in particular, if, if half of all warriors coming from Scandinavia were women, um, Christian Europe, Charlemagne, um, the Saxons, other people would have commented. This would this would have been something of a, of an affront. It would have been worth writing down, and they never did write it down. Um, but that that's not to say that uh, the women a can't can't be warriors. We've already just sort of touched on that. But also the fact that actually the women, as you say, had power. I mean, one of my favourite facts of all time is is it the uh, the Osberg ship um, mm -hmm. was made for a woman. The, the grandest, finest. Uh, Viking barrel that we've ever found was a it's woman's. It's a beautiful ship. <laughs> it's, it's a gorgeous ship. Have you, have you had a chance to go and see it at all? No, I haven't. Uh, I've been near it. <laughs> I've driven past it when I've been in Norway. <laughs> but I haven't ever had the chance to go and see it. Oh man, that's how could you, how would you drive past it? Oh, oh, well, I I'm had not... a family who wasn't interested. Oh well, yes, forget the family. I'd dive out of the car, do a roll and there you go. But um... <laughs> So, um, how do, what do you think is the motivation behind this claim then, the, the, this, and also actually the counterclaims? Why do you think people get so, uh, I suppose, desperate to either say, yes, women were warriors and the Vikings were, were progressive in that sense, um, in that sense specifically, and or people go, no, no, women can't be warriors because they're weak and I mean, feeble? It's always, in my view, uh, that these kind of claims come up in a, in a, about the current politics rather than an actually interest in the past. You try to use the past to point out issues in today's society or to argue and discuss about them in a different way. And if you can talk about 50% uh, of the women Viking warriors being warriors, uh, then you can say, well, this proves that today's society may might have flaws or in the other directions, no females have never been able to be warriors, so they can't be warriors now. Mm. And that whole feminist argument that's going on, especially online today. Mm. So do you think in some ways um, this is a case of people, as, as so often has happened, using the past as a political playground? It's that element of... Absolutely. And I mean, that's the... You always come into that when you do historical and... Uh, well, social, sci social sciences in any kind of field, if you talk about the past, you always interpret it when, with your own, uh, well, present mm -hmm. eyes. Uh, so you can't get away from being interested in what mm. is going on today and putting that into the past. Mm. But that's why one has to go on what you find in the archaeological record and not just go on a feeling on what should be right or would be right or what seems natural. Mm. Because what seems natural often is a very cultural preference. Mm. Absolutely. I suppose in that sense it's a little bit like um, the fail, I think, failed attempts of, say, Marxist archaeologists and, mm -hmm. and peop other people with a political agenda to map 
their 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 current drives and agendas onto the past. It just doesn't quite fit. Now, it's worthwhile just saying, and I, and I think it's worthwhile just as briefly going over the fact that actually, certainly. Um, Viking society was different from modern Western society. That goes almost without saying. Um, so I suppose, is there anything that, that, that you think um, a modern person might find surprising about the role of women in Norse society? Well, especially if one doesn't know much about Viking society, the whole economical power of the woman mm -hmm. could seem surprising for such an old culture. Uh, I mean, females in Viking society owned the household, mm -hmm. uh, the economical and uh, property was owned by the woman and woman never left her family, the man joined her family and she had the right to divorce him for a number of reasons <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if those reasons were found valid by the witnesses that she called for the divorce then uh, he was basically left with nothing. Mm. Uh, if mm. a woman divorced a man for no reason he got the household but yeah, she needs like two witnesses to prove her case. So yeah, so 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 that, again, that 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 might be using today's language might be seen as a very progressive um, mm -hmm. society. But actually, I suppose what we're looking at is a society where it's not that it's not that people have equal roles, but rather they have roles which are um, assigned in a slightly different way to what they are today. Absolutely, and we have to remember that we're talking about uh, so-called free women, mm. uh, rather wealthy women. Uh, I mean, we still have like a slave caste mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in white society where neither men nor women had many rights. No, exactly. You, you couldn't pay me to be a thrall. Although that, although that <laughs> no. would be ironic. <laughs> no, no, we couldn't. No, no. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. Um, I could pay someone else. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, okay, okay. So, so actually, in that sense, um, what do you think is the most healthy way to not just, I suppose, with the Vikings, but just in general, to think about um, gender roles in the past, but also, I suppose, anthropologically in other societies? For example, what I mean is there such thing as an equal society? I, I'm not sure I know what that would look like, to be honest. I mean, equality is always uh, it's a big word to use. Mm. Uh, I mean, what is equality? Is it that everyone may do what they're happy to do, or is it that the equal number of people do the equal number of things? Mm. Uh, I mean, you can always ponder that question. I mean, yeah. Uh, but to look at other cultures or historical cultures uh, in with gender eyes is to remember that they are different and that one has one's own uh, prefixes or mm -hmm. uh, set values on what is normal and what is right and that they might differ from culture to culture. Mm. Uh, so something that may seem ludicrous to us may be completely natural for someone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to look at uh, the core hard facts that you can find rather than to try to interpret uh, loose uh, facts or what you want to be facts anyway. Mm. Uh, so we have the fact that we find uh, swords and shields and warrior gear uh, in female graves uh, and we have found that in male graves uh, and there seems to be more 
of that in male graves than in female graves. Uh, but, I mean, if one will be very willingly, one can interpret that maybe like uh, women didn't want to be warriors, but they could. Mm-hmm. Or women weren't allowed to be warriors, but there were exceptions. Um, or only some women could. I mean, you can interpret those facts in so many ways that you have to be careful in what conclusions you draw and how far you draw them. Mm, okay. I mean, perhaps perhaps the answer is, and this is, this is a stunning, shocking thing to think, I know, but perhaps the answer is that maybe in every society, gender roles aren't absolute. I know, I know, I know, I know it's stunning. It's, 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 you can't say things like no, that. But I mean, well, for example, um, I'm reminded of, of studies which show that there are societies which are, say, hunting and gathering based, and uh, the men will go out doing hunting, and they'll come back and go, look at the deer, I killed it just by looking at it, look at it, it's dead, the meat is here, I'm a man. But they actually, even though they feel very manly, they're not actually being as successful, both uh, in terms of relationships and, frankly, in terms of, say, reproduction, as the men who are seen as a little bit less manly and who spend the time gathering and bonding and forming emotional relationships and, frankly, meeting up discreetly with women in the forest. Does that... Do you mean that having a relationship with a woman <laughs> makes it easier to reproduce. I, it's crazy, I know, I know. So actually, yeah, in that sense, having that sort of, having these sort of blurred gender roles actually is advant- advantageous to society. Um, and maybe people in the past, just like people today, um, could, in some instances, make choices about how they behaved. And in other instances, um, maybe the 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 norms were very different to what we think of often as being normal. I mean, it's uh, I I don't know. I I, st- I continue to find it amazing that people um, are looking for this perfect society in the past that had this balance which they want to express to the world. I suppose finally, I mean, do, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you, do, what 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 would you like to see more generally in terms of the understanding about the his- about history and, and gender roles? Basically, what you said and. Uh, also that I would want a larger understanding on how dif- difficult it is for an archaeologist or an historian to make those interpretations mm. uh, because most people that I meet in a way that are not archaeologists or historians go oh but that isn't that kind of obvious and you're like no no <laughs> <laughs> no it's not uh, I mean we have uh, old cases from like the 18th and 19th century when people find a uh, stone age or even earlier grave like Viking and they just look at uh, oh there's swords and spears and uh, arrowheads so it has to be a man mm-hmm. and then when we do an astrologist uh, bone archaeology yes yeah bone archaeology <laughs> uh, analyst of it, uh, it's like no, it was a woman. She had five or six kids. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And also, I mean, and again, and this this might be, I suppose, my ending point in that sense would be that that interpretive bias, that sort of arrow man, um, mm. arrow hunter, arrow, frankly, arrow phallus, that kind of idea, yeah. is one which. Um, they never seem to misinterpret when it's applied to children. For example, if a boy or a girl is with an arrow, it's not really seen as manly. It's seen as a, as mm. a potential status of 
hunting power in the future. Yeah. They don't sort of go, man. They go, oh, and look, look at that. Look, and he's been given, he's been given this special status, even though he or she didn't make it into adulthood. And mm -hmm. um, so maybe there's there's like an implied gender bias, and dare I say, possibly in some cases, I mean, it's too strong a word, but sexism when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And people need to sort of try and divorce. Archaeologists need to try and divorce themselves from some of those assumptions themselves. But uh, yeah, and I think there's a good, uh, at, at least in Sweden, there's a good uh, discussion within the field about that. Mm, mm, uh, mm. I don't know how it is in the UK, but <laughs> no, no, we, we've been trying to tackle it for for a while now, and. Um, <laughs> But then again, I mean, and thankfully in this case, as far as we can tell, this blog that's that's actually, you know, started us off on this rant or this conversation um, doesn't necessarily wasn't necessarily written by an archaeologist. It was written no, by it some, wasn't. Yeah, Lucky. yeah, and they they were misinterpreting a study. But yeah. but I just thought it was worthwhile having a chat about it, really. And um, yeah. thank you so much for your time. It's been it's been a pleasure, and I'll see you soon. Same to you. Bye bye. bye.